Monty tribute. Uh, and you know who Eric Monty is. He's the one who created all of those wonderful TV hits like The Jeffersons, um, like uh, Good Times, um, also What's Happening Now, and uh, so many other things. So uh, Mr. Monty, who had suffered uh, some severe, not severe, but some pretty extraordinary um, health issues and, and is doing well now. Uh, that we're happy to say, but here's the story. We'll let um, let um, let it you know just be unfolded, and let us know what you think. And again, uh, this is by request, so stay with us. We've got a whole lot more of the Hair Radio Morning Show to come. It's Friday. We'll also get some new music on. Stay with us, everybody. Be familiar with his name, but you know his work. Have you heard of Cooley High or Good Times? He created both of them. He was the driving force behind the socially conscious sitcoms that were produced by Norman Lear, including All in the Family, Maude, Sanford and Son, The Jeffersons, What's Happening, and What's Happening Now. He assisted in creating all of those. In addition to these groundbreaking classics, he also wrote an episode of In Living Color and Moesha. Now, as you know, Eric Monty is a legend and a pioneer in the television and movie industries. He's responsible for the first successful show with the black cast since Amos and Andy. He was one of the hottest young writers in Hollywood in the 1970s. He was a trailblazer in black television by showing America and the world an authentic view of life as a black American. Now, prior to 1970, blacks were portrayed, you know, like servants, sidekicks, or clowns, and uneducated. Now, Mr. Monty created characters that were controversial and politically and socially conscious. It was the first time we saw ourselves on television living in a positive and productive way. Thank you very much, Pierre-Andre Evans, and welcome to the Hair Radio Show. I'm Carrie Hines. Now, this is a very special tribute to one of the most prolific TV writers of our time, Mr. Eric Monty. Absolutely. Now I've thank you, and I've got to I've got to start off with um, the beginning for him. You know, growing up in Chicago's Cabrini Green housing project. Yeah, um, yeah. Can you first of all, you being from Chicago, mm-hmm. uh, would you be able to tell all of us what uh, what is the Chicago Cabrini Green housing project? Yes. Um, Cabrini Green has a history um, of violence. Um, it's a large group community. It's a, it's, you know, it has regular projects. It has row houses. It's in the uh, north part of Chicago. It's north. It's, it's just a little west of downtown Chicago, which is the business district. But it's um, very it's known very much for all the violence and, and things that have happened there. Um, a lot of movies are shot there. Uh, Candyman, you know, the TV show that was shot there. Uh, Good Times was supposed to be shot there. They did the outside from the uh, Cabrini Green, but the interior was done in a studio. But yeah, so it's that a exterior, uh, that mm-hmm. exterior on Good Times. Not to interrupt you, but the exterior on Good Times, when uh, the show is coming on and uh-huh. we see the big building, uh, yes. you know, being panned across, if you will. That's Cabrini uh, Projects? That's Cabrini Green, yes. 
And as I said, it has that. It has about. It had because it's demolished now, but it had about four uh, different buildings of that size. That's it's it's more than just one building. Then they also had row houses. It was different sections to it. It was a community. It was like a ungated community. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was a it was a a, a collection of project buildings. Uh-huh. And now, some how did that shape? Mm-hmm. Sure. How did that shape uh, Eric Monty's? Uh, what he's shared with you, how did that shape his belief system in terms of, uh, yeah. and, you well, know, and how did that contribute to his writing? Well, I know about him growing up in uh, housing projects. He, um, his, as a child, he had uh, creative juices flowing and deep inspirations and aspirations. He loved cowboys, you know, like Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, the Lone Ranger. And he used to ride around his house on a broomstick like it was a real horse. And so one day, a white man approached him while he was playing, and he said, who are you supposed to be? And Eric rolled back to the man on his little broom horse, and he said, I'm the Lone Ranger. And the man looked at him with shock and said, you can't be the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger is white. And that was a moment that he made a vow that when he grew up, he was going to make some black heroes. And he was telling that story to his mother. And as a child, his mother, her name was Eileen, she told him, little Eric, there has never, ever been a black writer in Hollywood. And if there would be, he would be some high yellow black with a Harvard degree, not some high school dropout from Cabrini Green. And, you know, Eric being Eric responded to his mother and said, Mama, I'm going to do this. And a week later, one week later, he left with $5.00 and a suitcase, and he went out to Route 66 and hitchhiked his way to Hollywood, even though he didn't or never have even written a word before. He said, I'm out. Wow. Now, I want to make sure, well, first of all, folks out there, uh, you're listening to the Hair Radio Show. I'm Carrie Hines. Now, we are chatting with uh, Mr. Pierre Andre Evans, uh, and uh, you've been introduced to him right here on the Hair Radio Show. Now, he has a great article that uh, was written for SoulTrain.com. So this is an online uh, destination, SoulTrain.com, uh, which is where this wonderful article on the great writer, Mr. Eric Monte, uh, is. So you can certainly uh, go there and check it out. Um, and he... You, and, and Pierre, I have to say, you mm-hmm. really, you get uh, to the heart of this man. You get to the heart of, of Eric Monty uh, through your work. Absolutely. Now, I also want to take a moment to let all the listeners out there for, of Hair Radio know that uh, at the very end of this uh, wonderful, wonderful tribute to Mr. Eric Monty, uh, you've got a surprise from Eric himself. Yeah. Yes, so, uh, I do have a surprise, and we're going to save that till later. <laughs> okay, so we'll see. Exactly. We'll save that to the end. So, folks, well, you want to stay with us. Uh, definitely it'll be something that, right. It'll be it's something very special that you all uh, out there will appreciate and enjoy. Uh, so I'm loving this. Now, a lot of folks have always wanted to know, including me. Mm-hmm. Now, what exactly did that Eric Monty share with you about when he first came, you know, to uh, when he first came to Hollywood and, and uh-huh. even before he left Hollywood. Now, my belief is that he met 
uh, Mike Evans, who we got to know as Lionel Jefferson number one and the main Yes, Lionel the Jefferson, original Lionel. The Correct. original Lionel, the, right. the original, the real Lionel, so to speak. Right. Uh, so we were going to ask you to tell us that story. Okay. Well, but before leaving off to Hollywood, Eric and, uh, had met uh, Mike Evans, and they struck up a friendship, and they decided to collaborate and make things happen. He formed a partnership with Mike Evans, and as you said, that's the guy who played the original Lionel on, the Jeff- on uh, All in the Family, uh, Lionel Jefferson, I mean. And they together they created uh, Good Times, and that was based on Monty's life in Cabrini Green. And, you know, the Jeffersons, that's based on Mike Evans' life. So they first did Eric Monty's life, and then they broke off and did uh, Mike Evans' life. Well, I have to jump in. I've always wondered that. I never knew that the Jeffersons was Mike's side. And uh, mm-hmm. because I, we did realize that, was it a coincidence, even when you mentioned uh, Good Times, uh, mm-hmm. that the family had the name Evans? That yes, that always even as a child when I grew up, people and then I'm thin. And, right, and you're an Evans and yourself. <laughs> people used to tease me and call me JJ. You say that's that's your Evans family, that's your family. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it wasn't funny, but I laughed at it. But I was I was Aww. cool. My name my name was on TV, so I was cool with that. But it was uh, that that's very very coincidental. Okay, Absolutely. and the, the, and Mike Evans, and Mike is actually the youngest of the Evans kids on Good Times. Right. On, so on Good Times, right. so he gave tribute to him on his show before they actually made the Jeffersons. They, he gave tribute to his partner, and that was cool. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so that's how that all came about. So this is they, great. We're, mm-hmm. We're getting oh, no, a little no, no, bit okay, of yeah. a background. That's how they met, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that he had also once then he um going to um going to uh move once he got to Hollywood I'm saying he uh met up with uh Norman Lear and then that he wanted to create some characters and I don't know if you want me to go into how he created the characters or anything like that. Are well, I mean that? first of all, uh mm-hmm. let's tell the folks out there and again, if you've just joined us, you're listening to the Hair Radio Show. I'm Carrie Hines, and and joining me uh, we have Mr. Pierre Andre Evans, uh, who yes, out there who just uh, who did a fantastic article on Eric Monty, who is the famed writer uh, and creator from you know uh, he collaborated with Norman Lear on The Jeffersons and All in the Family and all so many of uh, the TV shows that we know and love and that were absolutely hit shows. So the Jeffersons actually ran longer than All in the Family. So these are just some wonderful characters that he created, uh, as well as what's happening, what's happening now, and, of course, the, uh, you know, the number one uh, movie of of our culture, which is Cooley High. Cooley High. So, uh, yeah, so he's done so much, and we wanted to pay special tribute today to give you a little bit more of some of the background and some of the wonderful anecdotes that uh, that only Pierre can share because you mm-hmm. have spoken with him and you maintain a wonderful friendship with Mr. Yes. Eric Monty. And uh, as we've been kind of teasing it a little bit here and there, uh, but the, the issue is that at the end of today's uh, wonderful uh, journey, we're going to uh, have a little bit of uh, an update directly from Eric Monty to share with uh, 
specifically mm-hmm. for the fans of the Hair Radio Show. So we want you to stay with us for all of that. Now, mm-hmm. uh, I want to. I really have a big interest in talking about some of the the TV characters that he created along the way. Um, yes. I want to focus for a moment on Good Times and right. uh, the whole issue surrounding James. Yeah. The whole issue surrounding the famous, you know, uh, what was that line that Florida uh, said? Damn, 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 James. <laughs> I know, I know that's, that's one that she always, that's a famous line from there. Absolutely. Exactly. It's one of the most memorable lines in TV yeah. history. Yes, and we want to, is there anything you can tell us about, you know, I think, you know, that uh, that Eric I, talks about the whole yeah. thing surrounding James and how okay. it appeared that, you know, that, that uh, you know, maybe that uh, they, how they felt about having a strong black uh, male character uh, exactly. in the way that he believed. So why don't you share that story? Okay. Eric was very, very um, persistent in keeping James as a character. Now, you know, the late um, Esther Rowe, it was his wife of Florida on a TV show, she's gone down on record saying that she would not do a TV show shown all around the world about a black woman with three kids and no husband. Now, she said, I won't do that. Lear's response was that America did not want to see a strong black man on television. Now, she won that round in the great John Amos, was brought in to play James Evans Sr. Now, did you know that after every episode of Good Times, the network notes contain the same request, and it said, get rid of the father. Now, since they thought that a strong black male character did not work in the sitcom, that's what they wanted to do. Now, Monty and Evans rebelled against Leah, and he wanted to write the father out of the show and embellish the stereotypical J.J. character you know, and just put a lot of attention on sure. J.J. Now, we want we want to remind everyone that all of this is written in your article uh, yes. at soultrain.com so they can read the the exact words and, uh, you know, the comments uh, and these, um, you know, and, and all this that uh, is said by Mr. Eric Monte directly. Absolutely. So, you know, I just want folks to know that these are not our words. These are the words of Mr. Eric Monty and his Correct. experience uh, that he had while he felt he won, you know, that he felt when he was at working with CBS and, and working with the great Norman Lear as well. So, right. uh, yeah, these, so are, these are his experience and his words. Correct. Wow. Now, so, uh, so go right ahead. Oh, so it okay, was a so strong saying, male character. Right. He said um, that uh, Eric Monty stated that working on Good Times was real hard because all of the white writers wanted to do stereotypical uh, roles, and he refused that. Every week he'd argue and fight, and they would ignore what he suggested and take all that, yes, sir, boss, you know, all that rooting to it. Yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir. He liked to take, they wanted to take that stuff to the cast, and John Amos and Esther Rowe, they wasn't having it, and they would have a fit. Then they'd give them what he wrote, what uh, Eric Monty wrote, and then the cast would like that. So uh, they were trying to push on the, the old stereotypical role, but Eric Monty wanted to progress. And then they'd shoot it, and then it would go on the air. Then the next week, it was the same fight all over again. Now, originally, 
he pictured, uh, Eric Monty pictured uh, J.J. as a street-smart hustler who drove his honest, hard-working parents crazy. Eventually, they killed off James Evans, and the promotion of J.J.'s character got bigger, but the show didn't begin to uh, keep the audience at hand, and it began to devolve into a less socially uplifting production. So with the demise of James, it lost a lot of characters, uh, a lot of followers, I mean, a lot of viewers, and by them focusing on J.J. more, it became more of a Three Stooges type movie than, than a socially conscious uh, show that it had once been. So Killing James actually killed the show. Wow. Now the show did go on, though, for a little while. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it went on. It went on, yes. But you're it, saying, it, uh, well, Eric, is, Eric Monty is saying that the, the level of quality and what was the exactly. initial the impetus behind it uh, certainly kind of waned after yes, exactly. they, they killed off the James character. Right, because James gave it that strong father figure role and he did, um, you know, like punishing the kids and all that kind of stuff. And once that was good, uh, good values to teach the viewers. And with him gone, it became more of a comedy. They they made points right. every now and then, but it became more of a sit down and laugh instead of a learning experience that it used to be. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say, uh, I used to, I was an avid watcher, of course, like many of you guys out there. Mm -hmm. And I, I had, after uh, James had died, I had every week, I just hoped that he would come back through the door and say, because <laughs> right, I remember right. James had gone off to that pipeline uh, to work on the pipeline, I think, mm -hmm. in, in somewhere out on the West Coast, somewhere yeah. Pacific West, somewhere. And I yeah. said, gee, wouldn't it be great? Uh, because maybe he could say, you know, Florida, you know, Florida, I'm back. I really I'm wasn't back, dead baby. or something. <laughs> All yeah, right, baby, baby, yeah. I'm back. Well, that was another yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> that was another show. But the whole idea behind uh, that, and when they brought in Carl, I knew yeah. that was it for James. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. They have, they have moved on. And and he yeah. was the the antithesis of. The James character. Up he was not the street. Yeah, James just had, you know, um, a, a look. He could just the the whole yeah. look. He, you know, was so strong and menacing that exactly. <laughs> you, he was you a strong, <laughs> a strong yeah. black male yeah. role model. He was a, yeah. you know, actually for a lot of people growing up that didn't have fathers at home because there's a lot of mm -hmm. single parents growing up in that time. He was a lot of people's surrogate father. Actually. Right, exactly. And people learned a lot exactly. from James for those that didn't exactly. have fathers at home. So I totally was, concur. Yes, yes. Very, very good. And speaking of his great characters, now, mm -hmm. I have to tell you, I absolutely love the character of George Jefferson, too. And I know you may have not just outright <laughs> yes. asked him about George, but I yes. love Sherman Hensley. He was, you know, from my home in Philadelphia. I got a chance to, oh, wow. to sit right next to him at the Arsenio Hall show. So I've Great okay. memories of, of of this man and uh, the character that he brought in when he was finally introduced on the All in the Family show. Okay. Uh, because I know that Lionel was the first character uh, who was introduced of the Jeffersons, right. and they kind of worked them all in and yeah. all of that. Um, so talking a little bit about that, that was very interesting. And then uh, in 1975, The Great right. Cooley High was released yeah. uh, in the movie theaters and received rave reviews so 
you know, and I believe it was even had been ranked by Entertainment Weekly as one of the best high school movies of all time. Of all times, yes, yes, yes. So that was tell a good... us, absolutely, what did Eric Monty share about his experiences of work, uh, writing Cooley High? Tell us about okay. that. Yes. Okay, with Cooley High, um, he went on, he he really wanted to show that that is an actual life story of his, too. That's him in high school. That's him. That's his life in high school. Uh, Wait, which character life. was based on him? Preach. The black one with the glasses? Mm-hmm. That's the one that's based on him. J.J. is him on Good Times. And wow. Rod, Rod is him on What's Happening. So if you notice, they're so all he always wrote from his uh, experience. Always. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, Very interesting. Okay. Now, with the success of his film, Cooley High Behind Him, he wanted to develop uh, a TV version of that. And that's what, what happening is. What's happening, he developed that for ABC. Now, ABC's ethics and acceptance of black manhood was just as short-sighted excuse me, as it was on CBS when he was trying to promote James with, with the station. Um, they, they weren't really following that. Now, according to sources, ABC would not greenlight the adaptation of Cooley High unless the character of the handsome Cochise was replaced. Now, reports say that ABC did not want young white girls swooning over a young, handsome black kid. Now, ironically, however, Lawrence Hilton Jacobs, that's the one who played him, played Cochise in the movie, he wound up as a sweat hog on ABC's hit show, Welcome Back, Carter. What's Happening became the first African-American teen sitcom to break into the Nielsen ratings, and that's quite an accomplishment. But as always, yes, they had a fight. Was. Wow. They had a fight. Well, I, I do want to I do want to jump in and say uh, that with regards to you know the the allegations about the you know whether ABC and and how they felt about the mm-hmm. uh, you know having a, a young attractive uh, African American male you know kind of leading the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there have been some conversations we've heard on our show and, and out there in the public. But again, we want to remind everybody, now this is your interview, Mr. Pierre-Andre Evans, uh, yes. with Mr. Uh, Eric Monty. Eric Monty, again, who is the famed writer and creator of many of these, uh, of television history with these sitcoms. Mm-hmm. So we're excited to have his own words uh, right. being, uh, you know, shared with us today. And, and these again, are his this views. is all. These, these are, are his views and yeah. his words. And okay. again, the article can be found on online at soultrain.com. So, and uh, written by our very own Mr. Pierre Andre Evans. And we're so excited right. to have you with us. So, well, pleasure uh, to be here. So now we're talking, uh, and he went on. Uh, Lawrence Hilton Jacob went on to great success, so we don't have to exactly. feel badly about that for him. He went on to great success in doing that and some other things along the way. The Jeffersons, as I indicated earlier, just kind of went on and, and lived on and took on. Uh, every one of these shows had been a hit, All had become a hit. Yeah. Every, every one of them had become a hit. And a lot of them are still playing back to back. They have marathons, you know, a Good Times marathon, a Jeffersons marathon. What's happened that, to this day? They still have marathons of his show. It, they have never went off the air from the day that they were created. 
Now tell us, what has Eric been up to since he left or since uh, the show stopped major production? What, what you know, uh, production, what did he do in those in-between years? Did he share any of that about his own personal journey? His own personal journeys, yes. Um, he had a, a, a lot going on. And are you referring to after uh, the shows? After, right, after, after the success of the shows, correct. Uh, what okay. happened after that? Like okay, after, now, after they went off the air and stuff, you know, in terms okay. of the first run shows. He he ran into a, a a legal situation. Do you would you like for me to touch on that area? Well, just go ahead and share. I mean, this okay. is all you know. It's out okay. there. Well, yeah. Well, unfortunately for Eric Monty, he had a lack of business knowledge and experience, as well as legal representation, which resulted in him losing ownership rights to most of his creations, as well as the financial benefits that go along with them. He didn't have contracts signed. Um, he claimed his TV ideas were stolen from him in the 1970s, and in around 1977, he filed a lawsuit against Norman Lear, CBS, and ABC. And in 1974, he got the contract to write Cooley High. Now, uh, when AIP, that's the people that organized the, the cast and crew, when they sent the cast to Chicago to shoot the movie, Eric quit Norman's company, and the following year he came out with the Jeffersons. Now, Monty claimed that they stole his idea for All in the Family, the Jeffersons, Good Times, and What's Happening. Now, he sued them, but after winning the lawsuit, he was blacklisted in Hollywood, and, and he had been blacklisted all the way up until the present day. Now, as soon as he filed that suit, all of his offers that he had on the table for, for different productions dried up. Nobody in Hollywood would talk to him. He was blacklisted. And in 79, both of his shows that he created with Mike Evans in That's Good Times and What's Happening. Now, Mike Evans went back to his role as Lionel Jefferson, and Monty made a spinoff of the successful show What's Happening. And if you remember that, that was What's Happening Now. The spinoff ran until around 1988. But Monty then had spent most of the settlement money on a production of his original play that we've never seen called If They Ever Come Back. The outcome of the play was a commercial failure. And going through all of that sent Monty into a, a downward spiral. This was in around 79... Uh, yeah, around seven in the, in the early '80s is when he really went into a downward spiral, and uh, he fell on hard times, and he was even homeless. And he's uh, quoted as saying, "My living in the streets, and the shelters, and me being broke, I see that as a minor inconvenience." He said, "Life is way too short for me to let some idiotic thing like that make me unhappy." He said, "He's not sad about anything." And he said he's happier. <laughs> he, he just said he's happy. And he said his work isn't over. Now, what the settlement actually was, he received $1 million and 1% of royalties on the DVD sales of Good Times. That's all that he received. And he hasn't got anything since that. But they gave him the million dollars. 
gave him 1% on just the DVD sales of Good Times and told him to be on your way and you'll never work again. But like I said, when I tell you about that play, if they ever come back, he used all of that $1 million to promote his play. Nobody came to see it. So that's what sent him into depression, homelessness, bankruptcy, and he was just, just on the streets out in uh, California and in Atlanta. And that's a sad story, but he pulled himself back up. That's rough. He pulled himself back out and, uh, and back up, and uh, we want folks to know. And it was important that we got it out there that, yeah. you know, after having such amazing success, and we're not talking about on a little scale. We're talking about right. amazing success with creating television history, yeah. uh, you know, and, and not being business savvy, and not, you know, and being happy to have a few dollars in your pocket and right. notoriety, you know, it can happen to not oh, not only could it happen, but it has happened to many okay. folks uh, yeah. from our community who uh, embarked upon careers in entertainment. Yeah, uh, we were taking advantage of. We were taking advantage okay. of because of our lack of knowledge. Okay, so we want to make sure that again, just to remind the folks that this is all based on a wonderful profile that uh, was done by our very special uh, guest, Mr. Pierre-Andre Evans, who's with us right now, and you hear his voice along with mine, uh, talking about this wonderful tribute to Mr. Eric Monte, again, the creator of uh, so many wonderful comedy shows that we know and the great Cooley High movie. Now, what is Eric working on today? What is Eric working on Mm -hmm. today? And, And can you bring us up to speed on how is Eric doing health-wise okay. support. Yeah. Well, right now, uh, he's uh, he's authored two books. He has a book called uh, Blueprints for Peace, and he has a, another book entitled uh, A Prophet Ran Away. And he's uh, trying to uh, branch, out, branch out into writing, and he's also still uh, producing new ventures. Um, he's going to it's an anniversary of Cooley High this year, so some work's going on with that. And he's his health, he has had seven or eight strokes in the past 10 years. And I was just with him uh, October, a couple of months ago. Oh, that was November. That was November. I was with him out in Vegas. I did a show out in Vegas, and we did a tribute to him. And we asked him to uh, come to Vegas so we could present him with, with a uh, plaque for making an outstanding contribution to the black community. And prior to that, I've been in touch with him, and he wasn't really able to speak clearly. His uh, speaking, in his mind, it's coming clear. But out of his mouth, the connection between his brain and his vocal cords, it gets lost in translation. And in his head, he may, hear, he may want to say, hey, Pierre, how are you doing? And what will come out of his mouth would be chicken, uh, computer, brown, gold. And then you have to learn his language because being around him a long time, you'll know that computer may mean facts or computer may mean this. You know what I mean? So he, he, he's created his own language. So the best way for him to communicate is either through text or through email. But with that being said, with that being said, he blew my mind when he came to Vegas, and and we presented it with him with the award, and we were on stage, and I handed him the mic, and he talked just as clear as I did. He was like, thank you so much. I'd like to thank you all. Um, it was really great uh, writing, good times. I'm glad I touched all of you all's heart. I'm humble. 
And I'm looking at him like, these people don't, I just told the people in the audience that he just had seven strokes and he can't talk. And he's talking clearer <laughs> than I am. And that blew my mind. So afterwards, I said, what happened? I said, it's a miracle. And he said, when I get real, real excited, then my words flow out. He said, uh, but just on a normal basis, I really can't communicate. And his famous line is, I can't talk. I had a stroke. <laughs> he just That's all he get out. That's wow. his famous line. He'll tell everyone. But he's doing much better. He's happy. He has. He's on his feet. He's um, he's happy. That's the main thing. He's happy. And that's his famous well, slogan that he says, have a happy. Have a happy. We love it. And on that yeah. note, I want to take a moment to thank you, Mr. Pierre Andre Evans, for sharing your wonderful article that you've written, which was really the impetus of today's show, uh, and tribute to Mr. Eric Monty. Now, I promised and I teased everybody earlier, and I know that you have a very special gift that Eric Monty has uh, given you that's yeah. for uh, us here at Hair Radio. So I'm going to let you take it away. Okay. Well, before that, I just want to thank you, Carrie, for inviting me to the show. And it's really a pleasure and an honor for me to be here. Thank you so much, man. Terrific. My pleasure. All right. Now, this is a letter from Mr. Eric Monty, just written today. And he was very persistent and wanted me to read this to you, Carrie, as well as the audience. And here it goes. Congratulations, Carrie Hines, on your return to radio and the return to the hair radio show. Sorry I couldn't talk to you, but I had a stroke and I can't talk. My speech sucks, but my brain works fine. Thank you for having me. I started writing so I could change the way we were being portrayed on TV, and I did that. I was tired of the stereotypes. I created TV shows that we could be proud of. Everything that I wrote is still being played 40 years later and is still relevant today. On some stations, they play Good Times, The Jeffersons, and What's Happening back-to-back all day. Everything that I have written has been a hit from movies to TV, and I ain't finished yet. I currently have my book, A Prophet Runaway, for sale on my website, which is ericmontypublishing.com. That's E-R-I-C-M-O-N-T-E. P-U-B-L-I-S-H-I-N-G dot com. It's a romantic historical fiction novel based on Nat Turner. It's way better than anything I have written. You can order it from my website. Again, Eric Monty, excuse me, ericmontypublishing.com. And he writes, please buy my book, and he has a smiley face. Next year will be the 40th anniversary of Cooley High. I am planning a rescreening in Chicago, and I am also in talks about doing a remake of Cooley High. You will hear more from me real soon. I'm not dead yet, smiley face. Eric Monty, have a happy. That's to you and the fans. Thank you. Thank you so very much, Pierre Andre Evans, on you the words so well. directly from Eric Monty. Directly so, from his uh, 
I tell you, I want to say again, uh, we can't say enough to pay tribute to this wonderful trailblazer. It's like there's just not enough words, really. Right. And, he touched uh, all America, especially he touched all America. of America. Yeah. Right, especially uh, and, and and you know, and I can say I kind of think equally because yeah. it changed and moved the the dial ahead on the thinking process. And and when you can do that, you've done you've just done some something that is completely uh, that's miraculous. So we want to thank him and we wish him all the continued success and wish him well. Absolutely. And we can't Absolutely. wait to see him and and just you know, again, we wish him all the best. So, uh, and we, we also want to take a moment to wish you the very best as well. Okay, Peter? Thank you. So, Thank and you. Uh, we're going to look for some, some great uh, upcoming uh, reports and entertainment right here on the Hair Radio Show for you. So we'll keep uh, the fans out there, uh, you know, uh, up to speed on, on when to expect you on a regular basis uh, and your contributions oh, to us yeah. here at the Hair Radio Show. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to being in the entertainment well, reporter, sounds good. I can't wait. I'm excited. Terrific. Glad to have you. Folks, keep it right here. There's more of the Hair Radio Show to come. Stay with us.
As women, it seems like we carry the weight of the world on our shoulders. And that weight is directly balanced between your two feet. And with this balancing act, who do you think is suffering? It's not the kids. It's your feet. While running errands, paying bills, or dodging traffic, you could be ruining your feet. Wearing the wrong shoes for the wrong period of time can cause more damage than you think. Hammer toe and bunions are the leading deformities in black women. And Dr. Yolanda Raglan is the first black and only female podiatrist with practices dedicated solely to the correction of these type of deformities. So let this black girl do some magic and fix your feet. For more information, visit FixYourFeet.com. Providing medically necessary surgery with a cosmetic result. Hi, I'm Carrie Hines. Welcome to our Hair Radio podcast series that features special interviews and segments from the Hair Radio Morning Show, Salon TV Network, along with original exclusive content right here and across 10 other top podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Contact us about advertising your products or services or being interviewed at 347-587-3213 or visit us on the internet at hairradio.com. Now sit back and enjoy your Hair Radio podcast presentation. Again, I'm Carrie Hines. Thank you.